Hello! Welcome to Podcast from the Unknown. The Unknown. <laughs> Today is not just me and Jules. Jules's mom is here with us, Hello, Tibby. mom. Hello. And uh, like we said last week, we're going to talk about ghosts. Absolutely. Freaking-lutely. We both kind of picked long-ish topics. And mine is... Okay, I, I said last week mine was a house because I had something different in mind. Yes. But then when we stopped recording, I had my heart set on another location, so I lied. Yes, um, you did. Yeah, but so it's fine. Mine is more of a, it, mine is a locate. It's not a house. It's just a location. I guess <laughs> it's a gathering it's place. A place. <laughs> it's a, yeah. Mine is a house. Yeah, yours. Mine is a, is a house. Yes, but we both. As soon as we were done recording, we were like, "Okay, tell me what you're gonna do." We didn't keep this one a. Normally, we try and keep it a secret. But we couldn't. Yeah, that didn't happen this time. No. No, absolutely not. Okay, so I went first last week. What do you want to talk? Do you guys want to talk about your weeks? Really I quick? had a good week. Did I you have a good week? week? No complaints. Did you have a good week? Yep, I had a great week. Yeah, it's the weather really kind of pissed me off for a day or two. With <laughs> yeah, the, absolutely. It randomly snowed. For those that don't know, I don't know if we've ever, I think we've said it probably a bunch. We live in Ohio, so. So we, we just had our third winter. Yeah it's we get the same type of weather every year but every year we're like are you fucking kidding me? every year we're, we're surprised. yeah we're surprised <laughs> exactly so um that was a little annoying but otherwise it wasn't a bad week also i don't know who's gonna listen to the episode because our one listener is here with us today so mom when you get yeah. home you need to listen to the I episode will, i will listen i promise <laughs> um yeah so <laughs> okay so so you want to go ahead and get into it. I feel like yes. both of us have long-ish topics. Yeah, so this is going to be a long episode, just yeah. sort of heads up now. Because there's a lot to unpack for well, both. But my location specifically has a lot of history. Yeah. That kind of, you have to tell in order to know what's happening, why what's happening there now is happening. Yeah. Um, Mine's kind of the same. Yeah. Like yeah. You kind of have to tell the story of what happened in order to... Um, like understand why it's haunted. Yes, exactly. So do you want to go ahead and get started? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I did the Black Dahlia house. Um, mom, do you know what the Black Dahlia is? Yes, I do. Beautiful. Um, so it was built in 1926 by Lloyd Wright, son of America's greatest architect, Frank Lloyd Wright. The house was built for their friend and photographer, John Soden, Soden? S-O-W-D-E-N? Soudan, Soudan, maybe. Soudan. And was called the Soudan House. It featured an open floor plan and every room was built so you could access it off the central courtyard. Hand, uh, this is a quote from SoudanHouse.com. Hand cast sand-colored concrete blocks with images of the harvest, water, clouds, and sun were stacked in homage to the pyramids of the ancient Mayan civilization. So if you ever look... Um, at the house from the front, everything is kind of, I just hit my mic. I'm sorry. Oh my God. Every episode. <laughs> Every time I drop it in my hands, it's so bad. Um, if you kind of look at the house, the, um, it's kind of like built in like a zigzag pattern, like the top of it is. And I'll, okay. I'll sh- put a picture in the, it sounds, um, yeah, I want to see it. it it's very pretty. It's a very, very pretty house. Um, but it's built very like Where is it strangely. Located? Um, it is in LA. LA, okay. LA. Um, sorry, I forgot to say. No, that's to okay. Say um, the main entrance of the house has is was windowless and sat below a large, massive zigzag rocks. Okay. 
so yeah it's i mean i can't i don't know how to describe it i just would have to show you a picture of it it's very beautiful and we can put a link in the um description for you guys so you guys can go and look too yes um so john and ruth so Soudan were very into art and they loved to party so the house was was designed with them specifically in mind okay um the original owners of the house were obviously john and ruth but it was also home to notorious the notorious black dahlia murder suspect dr george hodel hodel um it was said that hodel had murdered elizabeth short in the basement of the house in january of 1947 the home was then owned by, oh my God, I'm going to get this name so wrong and I forgot to practice it before we started. Um, Z- Zorin Babbles. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds right. Who bought the home in 2001 for 1.2 million. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's okay. Um, who bought the home in 2001 for $1.2 million and had, re- had it restored. Um, the homeowner and designer spent $1.6 million on restorations to the house. Oh my gosh. Babbles then sold the home in 2011 to a man named Stephen Finkelstein for $3.85 million. And then in 2018, a man named Dan Goldfarb bought the property for $4.69 million and now uses it as a venue for fundraisers and parties. Dr. Finkelstein, like from Nightmare Before Christmas? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the guy that makes Sally? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's a little bit about the house itself. But now I'm going to talk about the block Dahlia murder, which is what makes it haunted, supposedly. Okay. Not supposedly. So it's haunted haunted by Elizabeth Short. Along with various other people. So, okay. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to go ahead and let you get into it. I'm getting way ahead of myself. And then we'll talk about it. (laughs) So, um, the Black Dahlia murder, around 10 a.m. on January 15th, 1947, Betty Bursinger was out on a walk with her daughter when she saw something out of the corner of her eye in South L.A. She, what she saw was a naked female body who was severed at the waist and laying just off the sidewalk in a weedy, vacant lot. Her skin was extremely white, her hair was jet black, and she had gash marks carved in on the side of each of her mouth. So picture, like, the Joker. Mm-hmm. Like, she, it yeah. was, like, carved out. Okay. Um, Singer then ran to the neighbor's house and called the police. And according to Biography.com, an autopsy found that the victim had perished from repeated blows to the face and subsequent blood loss. The torso's bisection and the re- other mutilations came after she was already dead. Okay, so basically she was, like, tortured to death. Yes. But then he continued to mutilate Mutilate her body Mm -hmm. after she was dead. Yes. Okay. Um, It later came out that she had been tied up and tortured for four hours. She had been drugged and had ligature marks on her hands and her feet. It also came out that she had been bisected in a tub, and it had to have been, been done by a skilled doctor. Let's keep in mind, though, that this is still an unsolved murder case. Right. So no one still knows what... Well, we all have an idea, but... You yeah. Know. Um, in order to ID her body, an editor at, examiner, at the examiner suggested sending fingerprints via the paper's sound photo, which was an early fax mas- machine, to an office in Washington, D.C., where they could send it to the FBI, according to biography.com. Um <laughs> I have, like, ten different sites on here, though, so I have to to do it this time. 
Um, by January 16th, 1947, so a day later, they had the fingerprints back, which keep in mind, this is in the 40s, so that's really, really that's very good. quick, yeah. Um, I did read that the reason why her fingerprints came back so quickly was because they had already had her fingerprints in their system for a previous arrest that she had had, and she applied for a military job. So she, they was were already it, in the system. What had she been arrested for, Jules? I yeah. don't remember, actually. Wasn't she an actress or she, wanted to she be an actress? She wanted to be an actress, yes. Okay. So, um, yes. Like like Broadway actress or like movie? Like I think movie actress. Movie, okay. Yes. Because um, her name, the Black Dahlia, came from her love of black dresses in the 1946 crime film called, no, yeah, 1946 crime film called The Blue Dahlia. Oh. Which I've never heard of before. I've never heard. So she's in that or? She's not in it. She liked it so much. Oh. And she loved black dresses. And so that's kind and of her where hair her. Was black. Yes. And like yeah. um, when police were talking to like her acquaintances, her family, stuff like that, like they learned that this was a, n- a name that she went by was the Black Dahlia. Wow. And if you look at pictures of her, she was gorgeous, number she one. She was beautiful. And she has Morticia Adams vibes. She kind of She's does, very yeah. like, for Definitely. that time, yeah, yes. she's very gothy, like. Yes. Pale not what you'd skin. expect for like the 40s, right? The 1940s. Yeah, not what you'd expect for, no. for like movie starlets no. to look like back then. Um, so... The first person who was arrested in her case um, was a salesman named Robert or uh, Red Manley, who actually met Elizabeth in San Diego and dropped her off at an L.A. hotel on January 9th, which would be the last day that she was actually seen alive. Okay. Um, or like if you watch the Ghost Adventures episode, they talk about how her being at this hotel, she stayed in the lobby for a few hours, but there was other places that she went to after um, but this was one of the last places that she was seen, like, with another person. Like, she that she was with somebody. Okay. And least, it was this, documented. this businessman. This businessman, yes. Interesting. Um, he was able to identify one of her shoes and a purse that was found near the crime scene, but he had a solid al- alibi, so he was cleared of all involvement in the case. Um, in late January, an envelope... Um, sorry, hold on, I lost my place. Okay, in late January, an envelope labeled with cutout words and the phrase, Heaven is here, arrived at the examiner's office. Inside was a collection of Short's personal documents, including her birth certificate, social security card, and an address book. Real weird. Right, which I never knew that. I didn't, I had no idea. And the, and, um, the biography.com is the only website that actually mentioned a letter being sent to police officers. Wow. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if I knew that either. Yeah. That's weird. So, um, I guess my question is, how did they get these personal documents of hers? I don't know. Like, and that kind of makes it seem like it's somebody that she knows pretty well. I don't know. Or like that wouldn't, she would know well enough to maybe trust with that stuff yeah. or like the knowledge of where it's where she has that stuff hidden maybe or... it's someone being because it was her address book and then based off of her address book police were able to follow up with like 75 different men that she had in it hmm. so maybe it was someone in her family or one of her friends being like hey you know check this out yeah like i could this. see carrying your address book with you but why would you carry your birth certificate yeah. that seems I feel, odd i feel like what it was, was it was whoever murdered her. Kind of, because you have to think, this is also around the same time as the, um, oh my god, shit, I just forgot what it was called. The 
Zodiac Killer. No, this would be no, before the Zodiac time. Killer. Long before time the, before. Well, okay, I maybe not then. I was gonna say maybe it was kind of that idea of just um, like. Oh my god, I just lost what I was trying to say. Um, the idea of like taunting the police. Right. Or like, I guess it kind of seems to me like they they want to be figured out, I guess. Yeah. You know, like I, it just seems. OK, so I guess my next question was Dr. Hodel in this address book. Like no, that he was she, not. She not. Okay, he so, was not. He was so not mentioned are, in anything that she that was sent to the police. He was not mentioned in any of so that. So they weren't acquaintances. No, as far as we know, no. at least according to this address. Book. According to this address book. Okay. Um, and if you watch also in the Ghost Adventures episode again, they talk about how they do talk about how there was stuff sent to the police off, or they had found something in her bag, letters in her bag, um, that were addressed to different men. Okay, but. They she had never sent them, and Doctor Hodel was never mentioned in any letters, so he wasn't okay. mentioned in in anything that she had. Right. Okay. Seems seems weird. You very weird. Yeah. Um. So they followed up with seventy five different men from the address book, but everything came up short except for Hanson, who was a nightclub owner that Short had met and had been crashing at his house. Okay. There was also various false confessions, copycat letters from the alleged killer. And other leads, but everything came up empty. So Hanson, they didn't have enough proof that it was him, so they obviously let him go. Um, the new theory, though, and, and this is the, the major theory, is that it was George Hodel, um, a, one of the homeowners, that he had killed her um, in the basement of the home. And Steve Hodel, George's son and a retired L.A. police officer, has spent the past, like, 15-plus years trying to prove that it was his dad. Um, Hodel lived in the house with his ex-wife and their children, but it was said that he would beat his sons in the basement and their teenage daughter actually ran away from the house because of how bad it was for her there. Um, after, yeah, no, go ahead. I was going to say something, but go ahead. Okay. I had a statement, but I feel like you're probably getting ready to say it. No, you can say it. No, go ahead. Okay. Um, so he was actually accused of raping his daughter during a sex party that he held. Um, and he was acquitted for launching a smear campaign directed at his daughter. I don't know what that is. So like basically he was trying to, a smear campaign is when he's trying to, um, just demean her publicly. Okay. So yeah, he, um, he kind of basically fucked with all his kids um, he raped his daughter. Sounds like a real charming guy. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was great. He held, like, sex parties in this place. Like, it was fucking... And it's he, gross. Like, it's had, gross. He had, like, multiple children living in this house. He did. And was just throwing sex parties. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have kids living there. Correct. Um, so then he ended up selling the house and moved away. But I actually found out that he the reason why he moved away was because he got wind that he was a suspect in the Black Dahlia case and he fled the country before he could be arrested. That's so imagine a nice that. way of saying he moved He moved away. He moved yeah. away. No, he fucking fled the Very country. Very quickly. Yeah, he um, fucking got the hell out of there. Oh my God, yeah. So he actually, George Hodel actually passed away in 1999. And after his father's passing, Steve went through his father's stuff and found a small photo album tucked away in a little box. Um, in the album, there was the family pictures, but toward the back, there was two photos that looked like 
looked like the block Dahlia. Um, so she had, she was like kind of paler in color and had like curly, deep, like dark colored hair. Um, Were they like Polaroid photos? Well, no, this would have been before Polaroid's time. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, so while Steve was in the police field, he actually gathered evidence against his father and found out that Short was given, oh my God, I'm going to say this so wrong, a him, oh shit, him, my, oh my God. It's a disectomy. Disectomy. Let me see. Okay. Hemocorpectomy? Hemocorpectomy. Which is what, Jules? Um, so it's actually a procedure where you can cut the body in half um, right under the lumbar spine, and it makes it so you don't have to saw through bone. You can cut it directly in half without having to, like... Which is do- why we've never heard of this procedure. Correct. Because... <laughs> I can't think of any reason we would need to yeah. know. Exactly. And exactly, which is why it's very telling that a doctor would know how to do right. it. Because well, us even... everyday people don't even know how to pronounce it. <laughs> I sure don't. <laughs> um, so this is... Actually, it was being taught in the 1930s in school, which is exactly when George was in medical school. So wow. it would kind of just make how... sense. And yeah. he was also a doctor, so... It had to be a skilled surgeon. Doesn't that beg the question? Why do you need to know how to sever a person? This is the 1930s, man. Without having to use a chainsaw. Yeah, there was some creepy shit going on back then. I mean, you had lobotomies and like just weird. Not at the time. I don't think lobotomies were around. Lobotomies were later in the 50s. But still, like you get some weird shit that like there's why. Yeah, very strange. And I feel like back then they were all about, which I know it was to study, but they were all about like preserving body parts. Yeah. Essentially teaching you how to like pickle body parts. <laughs> they you know? were, yes. Which, which I feel like is to keep, it's, it was obviously for research purposes. It's still very strange. It's very odd. I don't under, I do not understand why you would ever need to be taught that, but you know. I mean. What I, do I know? I don't, I've never been to medical school. This, this is where would, Logan this would where, come This in. is where we would go to nurse Logan and be like, Logan, did you learn how to do a, <laughs> it was so and so sectomy. I forget what it, I already uh, forget what it is. Hemicorpectomy. Hemicorpectomy. Did you learn That's that? That's not... He's going to message me later and be like, you said it wrong. I, right. Like, Logan knows how to pronounce it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yes. The letters that were sent to the... Oh, so... Also, um, Steve, when he was in the police field, he was also trying to gather evidence and you yeah. know, spend a lot of his time in the police field doing just that he put his attention onto this case trying to solve it and um he started comparing letters that were sent to the police department like kind of taunting them Mm -hmm. and compared it with his dad's handwriting and he said it was like pretty much spot on so do you think that steve took a position in law enforcement or you know that's why he went into law enforcement was number one to catch his dad and number two to catch people like his dad like, do you think I mean, that I, maybe is what influenced his i don't necessarily know i think that every police officer has their reasoning behind wanting to get into what they to get into that field or yeah. whatever and like you know you have someone who dedicates their whole 
maybe not their whole career, but a majority of their career too, trying to get their dad put away. I mean, to some extent, that would have to be why. Because I feel like he it. almost feels this guilt, you know, like of that his dad did this terrible thing and his dad was this terrible person and it, his family has kind of carried this around. Well, and like you have, it's that, like not only is your dad being accused of murder, but your dad raped your sister. He's and a like she uh, also in the Ghost Adventures episode, you find out that his sister has a kid and you don't know if that kid is George Hodel's child. So that would be mm-hmm. an incestual child. Like you you just don't know. And there's yeah. so many different layers to how fucked up this family is, unfortunately. Like Yeah. And I'm how just, fucked up this not family, this man is. Like right. cause and, it's not the family's And fault. how he has essentially trauma not like traumatized his children, but they still carry the things that he did it would be with traumatizing. them to this day. And his granddaughter. Yeah. Is obviously like carrying it with slash her. Slash maybe daughter. Slash maybe daughter, yeah. You never know. What a fucked up guy. Right. Um, so in two thousand um, so Steve is very convinced that he has solved this case. In 2013, he had a, cada- a cadaver dog um, go to the property, and it indicated that human remains were found in the basement and behind the house. But as of 2015, there hasn't been any excavations done on the house, so no one dug anything up. Which, why you want it, I mean, I don't... Yeah. I, I, the, I don't... I mean, yeah. And it's, it's funny, because Jules and I were listening to another podcast yesterday, um, and you know, they were talking about, which I won't go into detail because we might do this case in the future oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I'm still yeah. like, what the fuck? Um, but they're, they're talking about, you know, they have all this evidence leading them to this body of water that, you know, this could help them solve this case mm-hmm. and just, they're not doing anything about it. No, and they just like, don't go. It's like, oh my God, like here are the fucking pieces of the puzzle Put them together, please. Mm -hmm. And they just aren't. And it gets worse because um, one of the articles that I read said that the house had actually been bugged by the DA's office after the whole incident with him and his daughter happened. Yeah. Um, And there is a recording of George actually talking about the Black Dahlia murder. and um, Prior to him being a suspect or... Uh, yeah, I believe so. I believe okay. this is when they were still were kind of unsure of it. So and, why would he have a reason to talk about it? Right. And he said, um, shit, I didn't write it down, but he said something about like, um, they wouldn't be able to catch me now because they, the one person that would know I, I've killed and it was wow. his secretary. Wow. So, um. So what, ha- do you know what happened to his secretary? Was <sighs> did, she, did she um, or he die by sketchy means? Well, so not only is it recorded with him talking about the Black Dahlia murder, but there is a recording also of a woman being assaulted in the basement, followed by digging sounds. Nice. And it's okay. believed that that was the unnamed secretary that he we murdered. We should probably like Name dig up her? the fucking ground of grounds of this property. Right. Honestly. Um. So, police eventually were able to finally confirm that the house is where Short was murdered. They know she was murdered in the house. Um, according to the Ghost Adventures episode, though, three or four people were actually murdered in that house, not just um, Short and the unnamed secretary, but more. Um, George, well, and I already said this, George found out he was a suspect in the case and fled the country before he could be arrested. Bye, George. A little fucking bitch. We don't fucking want you here anyway. <laughs> um, so now that kind of talks about the case. Now I'm going to talk about some of the hauntings in the house. Okay. Um, so 
the house is notoriously haunted by the spirit of the Black Dahlia or Elizabeth Short. Um, that's the main person that people, her and George Hodel, people actually like which I can have had interactions with both of them still being yes. attached to that property and they are they, yeah. i mean how could she not be like right how, I just, well i mean how could they both not be because that is where for lack of a better word the most life-changing thing happened to the both of them yes. hers was taken and his was forever changed because he committed a murder and it wasn't his only one and so right. you have all you have he to think all of these spirits yeah. are in his house he what happened to him there? Is he, he died just okay. of, of he old died. age or? i think so i mean he died in 1999 i i ne- nothing that i read said how he passed away okay so we just assume it, it was natural cause yeah, yeah. he wasn't yeah. yeah, I'm assuming by that point, 1999, he's probably pretty old. Yeah. I mean, if he... I mean, it was this was the 40s. If he was grown and had children in the 40s, then yeah. he was probably pretty old in 1999. Yeah. Um, so, also, this is a really fun fact that I did not know. Um, the band, The XX, did a video shoot there for a song called I Dare You, which I want to watch the video. I didn't, I didn't know, know that. that. And we've seen the XX Another in fun fact, yeah. We've seen them in concert, and it was like one of the best mm-hmm. live performances ever. They oh, put 100%. on an amazing show. They did. Like, that was... So good. Yeah. I remember, like, I, w- I had work... I was working that day, and I got off. Like, I had opened, um, and you came and got me, and we just drove straight down there. Because it was sold out. And it was and sold it was out, packed. and it was packed, because it was them, and it... Oh, it was another... Grizzly bear? No, I don't think it was Grizzly Bear. I want to say maybe it was Group Love. Or was that two, di- they uh, two different? Those were two different ones. I think Group Love was a... Uh, it like was them and another fest. big headliner. They were both they're both big names. I can't I'm remember, but it was great. It was Grizzly Bear. And I wish I had known that, that, that they... I, I know. didn't know about this music video. I didn't either. Um, so there are sightings of a woman in the basement... And I actually did watch the Ghost Adventures episode before, or like as we were doing research, and um, some of the evidence that they captured were they got a lot of cold air bursts around them, um, which generally means the presence of a spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, a medium actually came into the house, and she was super affected by it. Yeah, Patty. Patty. Oh my God, um, she's she- Patty. What is her? Patty Negri, I think, is her I last name. I say Patty Labelle. Not Patty. <laughs> not Patty Labelle. Not Patty Labelle. <laughs> not Patty Labelle. No. But she's a psychic medium. I don't medium. know who Patty Labelle is. So oh, I don't, the name is just in my head. She's Lady Marmalade. We're not uh, gonna. Yeah, we won't talk about it. All right, she's completely <laughs> not, irrelevant. Yeah, um, okay. we no, lost but, a bunch of viewers. But the Ghost Adventures Patty is a psychic medium, and, and she's she's great. So great. She's so like. I I don't b- super duper believe in psychics. It's not that I don't, but I definitely think a majority of them are full of shit. Patty is not. Patty is in not. In my opinion. I think she is. I don't think it's because, I think it's genuinely because she's not like, oh, I can see your future. It's she can feel like people are present, like spirits around yeah, because her and not, she can tune into yeah, them. Because not only is she a psychic, but she's also like a medium as well. Yes. So she can see spirits and... I can feel and and see the residual energy like walk into a house where a murder's taken place and she walks in and it's like she can she'll take you right to where the murder happened and it's like something bad happened here and she has no prior knowledge mm-hmm. of where I mean they bring her in like blindfolded nine yes. times out of ten like she has yeah, no she has no clue. idea where she's going yeah she's great um, 
And this is also why I only watch Ghost Adventures. It's the only, yeah. like, yeah. ghost show that I believe in. Yeah. Um, but she actually felt pain on her skin and started feeling what the spirits felt. She, was, she felt a lot of, like, torture and darkness. And she actually led um, – she – when you watch it, they go into the basement and she starts, like, gravitating toward this door – and she's like, something wants me in here. But then when she gets to it, she can't get the door open. And, and it's um, behind the door is um, loose soil. So it's chances are it's where someone was buried. But she can never, she can't go in the door. Like, yeah. And Zach and all them are like, that's really weird because it was unlocked. Like, well, before and- we got down here and now you can't yeah. get in it. Like, she could not get in it. It did yeah. not want her in there. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. It's very weird. Um. <laughs> All I can think about is if Logan was here right now, he'd be so afraid. He'd be like, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Um, so they also had microphones getting interference, um, which actually happened when she got the door open. So when she finally got the door open, her microphone started cutting in and out really wow. bad. It was very weird. Which, um, like a lot of the time, spirits will use, the, will drain the energy or there will be that interference with these uh, I guess electronically charged objects mm-hmm. because they're you they're taking the energy from them. Yeah. Or it's their way to let them let you guys know that to they're get there. attention. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um. They also had heard pots banging around in the kitchen, which is insane to listen to. Um. They were asking questions on the paranormal puck device, which is my favorite fucking thing Love that they it. do. Which now on the newer episodes, they have an even cooler version of that. Oh my God, yeah. That shows like wavelengths. Yes. And they can basically, you know how it's always like, mm-hmm. they can turn that off or like, I guess, make it Lower so like it. you can't hear it anymore. I don't necessarily, I don't think they yeah. turn it off, but they like. Lower it. Yeah. And uh, so the voices come through super clear. Oh my God. It's, yeah. That's it's a, great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when they were asking questions with the paranormal puck device, they kept getting the words malicious, entered, and penny. And this was during a seance that they mm-hmm. were doing. So it was uh, Patty, the... Um, George's daughter's daughter. Yeah. Yes. So, and then it was Zach slash and maybe granddaughter slash George's daughter slash granddaughter yes. maybe. Um, and then it was Zach and one other person I can't remember if it, Aaron. But, I think was it was Aaron. Aaron. And they were all sitting around a table just like we are, and they were doing a séance, and um, it kept like you could hear Patty like, it was very creepy. She would start like laughing, and then Zach started getting like pissed and was like taunting him george yeah and like he held up a picture of george and was like who is this man and they said the paranormal puck device said penny it kept saying penny for some reason strange and um and then it was like it would say who did you just enter and it would say entered so it was like entering yeah. in and out of That's um, so patty it's very bizarre have either of you ever taken part in a seance i have not no I have plenty of times. I could. I, I believe that. I do it. 100%. I do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I have They say either. never ask the question if you don't know the answer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I kind of knew. Jules, though, I didn't know. I didn't know if you have. Have you? No, I haven't. And I you've w- never done a Ouija board. No, and I will never do it. I will never don't do a Ouija board with the spirit board. Yeah, I'm not going to do I've a Ouija board. I've heard that you shouldn't even like, um, you know, like. You should never do like EVPs in your house and stuff like that it because you're making yourself vulnerable you, to like opening up to spirits and if doing you bad shit. Don't know what you're doing. Don't mess with it. It's yeah. not 
left to amateurs. Right. Yes. And you're acknowledging them. You're yeah. giving them the acknowledgement and the recognition, like, we know you're here. But and if you, you just, don't know what you're doing, you're going to yeah. invite in something that you yeah. didn't mean to. Yeah. Well, and that's the negative what, ones will take advantage. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that's what I'm like. I, you know, Amber and I have talked on here. We Even last week, we talked about how we've had some experiences in our house and shit. And, like, I don't. Never once was like, oh my god, I should do an EVP session. Never, because I don't want to fucking once. know. Not I don't want to know what anyone has to say. No, here. yeah, no, thank you. I mean, I'll go, I'll go other places and do it. Not somebody else's I will house, not. but I will Tell go to me. like, I would go to a place like Mansfield or um, just places like that, like that are notoriously haunted, famously haunted, and I would try it there. I mean, that's the point of the overnight ghost tours and stuff like that. Yeah. It's for. You know, but again, you're inviting those things to attach to you and to come home yeah. with you, which when, is why when we went to Mansfield, I told you not to sit in the chairs and you did it anyway. But when you do stuff like that and you, you know, I mean, you know what you're doing, you know, what yeah. you're, if you go out of your way to do something like that, especially people that like, this is like, we research this stuff, like, you know, we know that that could happen. Like that's part of the risk you take. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Okay. It feels ex- extra okay. risky. No, no, I believe. I didn't say I was going to do it. What? I just <laughs> yeah. said I, I would try it. Not I in know, my own, I would. Not in my own home. I think I. it's fine if you go to a place and you try to communicate with spirits as long as you set that boundary like you are not to come yeah. with me. Like, she better you, not be you surprised if they communicate back. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, you yeah. know, posers. I hate posers that, you know, are the black witches the bad witches the yeah. left-hand wiccan um because i'm right-hand wiccan which is i'm a good witch as opposed to a bad witch yeah but bad witches don't know what they call up right they pretend yeah and then they're shocked when something happens when shit hits the fan mm-hmm. it's like and oh they the consequences they don't of my understand actions. the consequences of their actions yeah Absolutely. exactly but like you know like joel said you can if you were if you were doing I guess if you were doing a ghost tour or a ghost hunt and you're using EVP, you're you're using voice recorders and stuff like that, you can make it known you are not allowed to use my yes. energy. You are not allowed to do this. And and close yourself off. Yeah. Like you can close yourself off from it, like mentally and stuff. And I think it's very important to make that distinction if you are gonna like dabble in it. But I would rather I would rather have my experiences organically. I would mm-hmm. rather just be rather than using like EVP stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I would rather it just happen just the way it's supposed to happen. Just disembodied and just, mm-hmm. you know, like if I'm sitting there recording on a camera, I'd rather catch something without equipment. Oh God, that would be so great. I just think about like how fucking scared I would be. Oh my God. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to handle I mean, yeah, it. I would be terrified, but that's the, that's like the point though, is that, you know, you're going to be scared, but but you want to capture that evidence yeah. to, to prove what you believe is true. Yeah. But some of your best experiences come about when you're open to them, but you're not openly looking for them. Yeah. Exactly. And that's so, what has happened with you when you're like that. Like mm-hmm. when you've been not looking for the, and see, I think that's the thing with me is that like, you know, with grandpa and stuff, I yeah. always want something to happen. I always want him to come and visit me, but I'm always looking for him to come visit me and say hi to me. And, and it the, never happens for me because I'm looking for it, but it happens for you. Yeah. And the times that Amber's 
you know, had visitations from, and the grandpa they're referring to is my father who passed away a couple years ago in April. Um, the times that I've set up things that, you know, like I stacked pennies up yeah, in order of the year right, and said, you know, if you're here, knock the stack over or rearrange it. Well, you know, God, that never happened. Right. But Amber, you've, you know, had experiences yeah. with him that. And, and it's always been when I've least expected it. When I've been asleep, yes. I've had moments. Yeah, but Which, you're, you're open to yeah. it, but you're not actively looking exactly. for it like Jules. And yeah. I'm like, I'm sitting, I have, no, I have had two experiences where he has for sure come to say hi. And I didn't, I wasn't looking for it. I was actually, the one time I was kind of just doing, I was sitting in front of the mirror doing my makeup. And one of his favorite songs before he passed away um, that we would always listen to was Don't Fence Me In by Bing Crosby. And we would listen to it when he was like in the hospital and stuff and he would sing it. And I have, there's a video actually of him singing it. Yeah, it's hard to watch. It is hard, very hard to watch. It, but I, ha- no, it, it wasn't that song. It just makes me sad. Yeah. It wasn't that song. It was, um, oh my God, it was the I- it was ju- Irish song. It was an Irish song. The song that we have recorded is Jukebox Saturday Night. Yeah, but of, that the, I'm he's thinking singing. of you're thinking of the song that he Danny Boy. Sang Danny Boy, of, yes. Danny Boy. Yes. It was that song. It came on my um I think we were using iTunes at the time. It came on my iTunes and it just played by itself. Yeah. And like I wasn't even listening to that kind of music. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I freaked out. And it was the Bing, it was the Bing Crosby version and we didn't even know Bing Crosby had his version of it. Like we I didn't, didn't even know, know he, what that song was called. We I didn't even know he had his own version. Yeah. But it's worth noting that the last St. Patrick's Day that we all spent with him, we listened to that song. He, he sang he it. He said, Jules, can you play that song on your on your phone? Mm-hmm. And we played it and listened to it with him. Why he ate pizza? Yeah. And, and yeah, and I'm very much so a believer. And it's so true with multiple things. My advice to friends and stuff when they're coming to me about failed relationships and stuff like that is always like love will find you when you least expect 100%. it. And it's true, not just with love, but with everything, pretty, with so many things. And Do it's you- the same with spirits. They will, they will communicate to to you number one when they are ready mm-hmm. and when you're least expecting it well and the universe has a way of working to where things just kind of fall into your lap when they're supposed to and like yeah which the I've, spirit world is still is very much the same way like it's gonna yeah. happen when it's supposed to happen and it is harder for them to communicate than i think we may realize yeah it isn't like you know yeah. picking up the phone you exactly don't know what, you don't know what's going on on the other side that's yep. true they and may how... have a very active social life and exactly they can time be busy. doesn't pass the way it passes yeah. here so and and i'm you know, a big it's believer like, oh, in it's that tuesday i have to go check in with jules yeah and and, and <laughs> yes like i'm really glad you brought that up because i feel like time is so different there if it's a thing at all there it's i feel like it's amber very you don't different. believe in time here how I don't. would you believe you in really don't i don't <laughs> time is completely made up well that's an entire that's a whole other podcast that's gonna be a whole new podcast for us you're wearing a podcast shirt yeah i'm wearing the last podcast on the left i didn't notice T-shirt, that shirt which is one of my all-time sorry favorite that was podcasts. like a 
Really? That and my favorite murder are my go-tos. Oh my God, yeah. And my favorite murder is the whole reason why I wanted to do a podcast in the first place. My favorite murder, like I remember so many, like the very first episode that I remember listening to is still very much so ingrained in my brain because they describe it so well. You can picture every fucking detail of it. Yeah, Karen and Georgia are goals. Yeah, I'll never be as good as them. Never. Never. (laughs) Okay, so back to, to... uh, oh, I only Elizabeth have like two. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I only have like two more things. Um, Zach also saw a white ball of light and appear in the courtyard, and um, they all felt like negative energy, like they were gonna throw up. They were feeling like just bad, 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 yeah, bad, yeah. bad. So, but that is um episode. Oh my god, season fifteen episode. Season one. fifteen episode one. I wrote season one episode one. Oh boy. So it's season fifteen episode one. Yes. I don't you. know why I remember that, but I don't know. But yeah, so that's that's what I got. It's funny how our brains work. my brain stores the most useless information sometimes. That's all right. Yeah. I I prefer your beautiful little brain to be like that. <laughs> okay, is there anything else that you guys want to talk about with Elizabeth Short slash the Black Dahlia or should we go ahead and get into mine? Go ahead and get into yours. I'm good. Okay. Mom, are you good? I'm good. All okay, right, so let's go. I also Took a cue from Ghost I'm Adventures. I'm so excited. Like like we always do because Ghost Adventures really, yes, my favorite murder was the reason why I wanted to do a podcast, but Ghost Adventures has also influenced a lot of like paranormal, mm-hmm. just everything for us. Uh, oh true God, crime, yeah. all of it. So I, I owe a lot to that freaking show. That show is my life. Yeah. So I went ahead and did, which is season one, episode one, yes. their very first investigation, Bobby Mackey's Music World. Have you heard of that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have That's you been there? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, have you ever been there before? I have not been there. It's very close to Ohio. It's in Wilder, Kentucky. I'll so never go. Not very, very oh, far. Jules, I will ne- say never. No, I will never go. After watching the two episodes of Ghost Adventures, I, I will it. never go. I, I would debate it. It is one of, it is probably one of the only, like, known haunted locations that i'd be on the fence about you two go because of how, how much take logan <laughs> no logan no i don't i wouldn't want i wouldn't even want logan to go i low-key don't want you to go because of what you could bring that is a place where you would bring stuff home yeah it de- it definitely is for sure you because, need to go with my husband gary who's a yeah. native american trained yes you would, shaman exactly you would, would need someone you before you even got yes. in the car exactly that's what Trust i was gonna me, say you'd be like sage Yes. Top to bottom. Yeah, we would need Gary for sure. Yeah. Because he, oh could, my pro- God, he yeah. could help protect us. Okay, so... Both I'm of gonna, you. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go, I'll go ahead and get into it, though. On a cold day in January of 1896, 22-year-old music student from rural Indiana stepped off the train in Cincinnati. Her name was Pearl Bryan. She'd arrived in Ohio five months pregnant, wearing nice clothing and custom-crafted shoes. Two men who met her at the station were her lover, Scott Jackson, and his roommate, Alonzo Walling. They had brought her to Ohio so that Pearl could have an abortion. Jackson and Walling maintained to the end that they took her to a local doctor who botched the procedure and left Pearl on the brink of death. Others claim that the two men, who were both dental students drugged Pearl and attempted to perform the operation with their own tools. Oh, my God. The prosecutors at their trial argued that they never intended to deal with her fetus at all, that their whole goal was to just murder Pearl. In any case, sources say the two carried Pearl to 
carried Pearl across the Ohio River and into the gray forests around Fort Thomas, Kentucky, where they severed her neck at the fifth vertebrae, removing her head and leaving her body lying there under the bare branches. Authorities eventually, which where they left her um, is just, I think it's two miles away from what would later become Bobby Mackey's music Oh my God, I forgot they severed her head. Yes. Oh my God. And just left her body there. So they had her head with them. Well, we'll get to okay, that. Okay, I'm sorry. So authorities eventually identified the body as being Pearl's. They only were able to identify that it was Pearl by the custom shoes that she was wearing. That's horrible. Jackson and Walling went to the gallows. And while on the gallows, Walling vowed to haunt that area for forever. What happened to Pearl's head, nobody knows, but legend says that it went into the bloody well of a slaughterhouse that was just a few miles away from where her body was found, on the banks of the Licking River, the well that lies in the basement of what is now Bobby Mackey's Music World. Oh my god. So that's kind of where the story begins. So, Bobby Mackey's Music World looms on the precarious edge of 44 Licking Pike Road, above the railroad line in the cold waters of the Licking River. For two nights a week, couples in cowboy hats and nice dresses would stomp and twirl on the dance floor, swept along by live country music from the stage. The air is thick with cigarette smoke, the clink of glasses, and clatter of pool balls, while below, all throughout the building, and all throughout the building, something more sinister lies. The music world isn't just a weekend roadhouse. It's also wildly held to be the most haunted nightclub in the U.S. and is said to be infested with over 40 reported ghosts. Claims of paranormal and demonic activity have drawn in investigators, tourists, reality show hosts, and skeptics from all over the world. Fun fact, actually, um, Bobby Mackey um, and his wife, I believe, were invited onto the Jerry Springer show. <laughs> Why? <laughs> to talk to talk about Bobby Mackey's music That's world. so fucking Isn't weird. Isn't that random? That's was very... Did, I went to high school with some people who were on the Jerry Springer show. Fun fact. Shout out to Hannah Lincoln High School. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm not sure why they were. I couldn't tell you why they were on there, but they were. That's besides the point. Um, (laughs) Nestled in the foothills of the Western Appalachians, the city sits at the confluence of the northward running Licking River and the Ohio River and is only a stone's throw away from Cincinnati. Originally established around Wilder Station on the North-South Railroad line, the settlement was a sleepy place full of German farmers with the only real excitement caused by the discovery of Pearl Bryan's body only a few miles away. By 1925, all that had changed. The booming sin trade from Newport and Cincinnati leaked across the Ohio River, sprouting a crop of distilleries, brothels, and speakeasies. Wilder, not to be left out, soon had a distillery of its own at 44 Licking Pike Road, the site of the former slaughterhouse above the tracks. The information that follows is compiled from an interview with the women of Gatekeeper Paranormal, who are a team of ghost hunters that have spent a great deal of time investigating the history of Bobby Mackey's. Um, According to them, the slaughterhouse itself has been shuttered for some years prior to the opening of the distillery. Modern tradition has it that the building was regularly used by a coven of powerful Satanists who broke in to hold sacrificial um, filled ceremonies around that well. That's where they claim that Pearl Bryan's head was dumped into. I also read that Alonzo and... um, or that Alonzo Walling and Scott Jackson were, they used 
Pearl's head as a sacrifice oh my to God. Satan. That would make, I mean, guess that would make sense. I read that, but I don't know if that's like true. true. Um, but that's that's just you know what. So has this been place said is very open to like demonic. Well, a lot of place, a lot of people think, and and ghost adventures even say it themselves that that well is a portal straight to hell. I could see that in the basement. I could see that, um, and especially if it, there were human or even non-human sacrifices held and used, they, that well was used for that. Like, yeah. or it, that's why they were held there, it's, right? Because it's an open portal that, yeah, you know, gives and receives. Yeah, isn't um. This might be a really stupid question, and I don't know if I'm going to say it correctly or not, but, like, when you use, like, animal bones and stuff for, like, um, these, like, seances or whatever they may be, is there, like, a – I mean, obviously, there's a purpose to that, but what would the purpose be? Like, an offering? An offering. It's an offering? Yes. So that's why they use – okay. Yep. So I can only imagine how – if an animal bones – are a decent enough sacrifice like a human offering. is top tier human would be top tier yeah i can only imagine what that would bring right exactly um so yeah so so it is said that they're that the covens used it um as for like sacrifice filled ceremonies the distillery um ran gambling and prostitution in addition to illegal alcohol um and by the time it was purchased by E.A. Brady, is his name, in the 1940s. It had acquired quite the nasty reputation yeah. for yeah. illegal activity happening there. Brady sank his profits from Prohibition into remodeling the building and reopened it as a bar and underground casino called the Primrose Club. According to testimony Brady later gave about, or before the United States District Court, he was hoping the rural location of the building would be enough to keep him out of the way of the Cleveland Four, who were a crime syndicate with powerful interests in Cincinnati, but eventually the Primrose began to cut into their profits. Um, da, da, da. Sorry, I pulled a jewels and I lost my place. <laughs> I don't have my glasses on either, which is always a it's mistake. A um, so yeah, he cut into their profits. And in ni- 1946, the Cleveland Four dispatched a man named Red Masterson to persuade Brady to move. Brady, dis- disinclined to do so, got the drop on Masterson with a shotgun and blasted him in the leg. Brady was arrested for disturbance of the peace, charges he escaped only after Masterson refused to name him at trial as the attacker. I wonder why he didn't want him in jail. As soon as Brady walked <laughs> free, the Cleveland four-, four made it clear his continued presence in Wilder was unwise. Brady opted to move to Florida where he committed suicide in 1965. He left the Primrose to the mob. The mob reopened the building in 1947 as the Latin Quarter. It had once again been remodeled and expanded. Now it was a swanky nightclub with dancers and food in addition to the requisite slot machines and gaming tables. The main floor boasted beautiful hostesses, fine dining and shows. An attic room sat behind a hidden door. Below the basement had also been repurposed with dressing rooms for dancers and a little stone cell for the detention of those unwise enough to rack up a debt. The Latin Corner was routinely raided throughout the 1950s by local police who would take sledgehammers to the walls in order to confiscate the slots. And in 1961, the Latin Corner closed and a few other businesses operated in the building after that, including a bingo hall. 
the last of them, a brawling bar known officially as the Hard Rock Cafe, no affiliation to the legit Hard Rock Cafes, okay. um, was also known as the, as the Bloody Bucket. It was closed in 1977 after a series of shootings took place there. So with the Bloody Buckets closing, the building stood empty for a year. Empty dressing rooms and narrow cramped hallways shifted and creaked with the rumble and hum of passing trains. Waiting, allegedly, ghosts began to accumulate there as well. Those beaten to death for mob debts, unhappy dancers who committed suicide, and perhaps even Brady and Red Masterson reunited in the afterlife. Waiting for the building to be occupied by humans once again. One of those spirits, though, was a lovely woman in rose-scented perfume who would become particularly prominent in years to come. But I will get to her later on. Okay. So anyway, Bobby came and took over the building in April of 1978, and he hired 20-year-old Carl Lawson, who is on the Ghost Adventures episode, Mm -hmm. um, to help paint and clean the space to get ready for it to open. And despite being a little odd, Carl proved to be a good and reliable worker and was permanently hired on full-time as a live-in caretaker. It was after he moved into the attic room above the bar that he started to tell Bobby about his paranormal experiences in the bar. The two men were hanging out in the recently opened club, shooting the breeze, when Carl shook his head and told Bobby, you wouldn't believe some of the things that go on here. Bobby asked him what he meant, and Carl said, just weird things go on here. Carl began telling him stories, stories of being watched, of noises and phantom footsteps parading across the dark dance floor after everyone had left, which he said that um, at like six o'clock in the morning on the dot always, it sounded like an army was marching down below him. Mm-hmm. And he says that on the Ghost Adventures yeah. episode. Um, so Bobby was kind of a skeptic. Like he didn't want to believe that these things were happening at his bar. And he also didn't want other people to know because he didn't want it to like hurt business. I mean, they had just opened. Yeah. And he, I don't think he wanted that to be the reason people came. He wanted them to come for the music, not for yeah. the hauntings. Um, so he asked carl to keep hush about it keep it between them and carl agreed um and he continued to live in the attic room is that blake growling i think so i think blake just growled um (laughs) nothing paranormal here i think that was my stomach actually (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah carl continued to live upstairs which brave man i wouldn't no um so within the few (laughs) rent will do that's true yeah (laughs) um so within the few first few years the club proved to be a success they stayed open five and sometimes even six nights a week with janet mackey bobby's wife keeping track of both the books and the bar and bobby headlining on the stage occasionally carl attempted to update bobby about the club's supernatural happenings but bobby refused to hear of it janet on the other hand would listen to carl and she believed him in interviews prior to her passing in 2009 she recalled an overwhelming sense of malice that seemed to bleed out of the walls and her so this happened to her um i don't remember exactly when but she said that she was attacked while she was alone in the building and that a ghostly force grabbed her by the waist and pushed her down a flight of stairs. Oh, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. So yeah. after this happened, Bobby said that she refused to go into the building alone. And then she eventually stopped going in there altogether. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would be the same way. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. And I also read 
or maybe it was on the Ghost Adventures episode, they said that she was a pretty big skeptic herself because Bobby is a skeptic. Yeah. But I swear it said that until the music world came into her life that she was a pretty big skeptic as well. Yeah. And, it, and so then her believing Carl and stuff like that, it really does go to show that some pretty crazy shit was happening there for her to kind of be like, no, I believe him. I believe what's happening. Yeah. Um, so sometime, um, oh, I'm sorry. I, I jumped ahead. The spookiness of the club was mostly under wraps, something talked about by the help and a few of the locals, but not an integral part of the building's identity yet. That changed when Bobby's friend, a writer named Doug, Doug Hensley, asked Carl about the paranormal activity going on in the bar. And with Bobby's okay, Carl told him about the things that he had been experiencing. Sometime over the next 10 years, while cleaning out the basement, Bobby and Carl noticed a series of holes chopped into the floorboards. Underneath lay the well from the long ago slaughterhouse that once resided within its walls. Bobby saw it only as a well. Carl saw it as a portal to hell, which would allow not only spirits to come and go and go within the bar, but also demons. Do you think it got worse when they took the boards up? Yeah, I okay. do. You think they like opened it in a sense? They yes. opened it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So Doug Hensley was only too happy to listen to the stories and eventually wrote a book called The Terror at Bobby Mackey's Music World. The release of the book is kind of what sparked all of the paranormal investigations, the TV specials, um, which Doug would later incorporate those into later editions of the book deemed Hell's Gate, Terror at Bobby Mackey's Music World. Mm -hmm. With the increased attention on Bobby's, Carl's tales become more became more dramatic. Hensley's work reveals that Carl had begun talking to himself and he reported constant trouble with sleeping. The demons, he said, were attacking him in his dreams. Soon, he claimed to have been possessed by the evil spirits of the club and submitted to an exorcism attempt in 1993, which Hensley wrote up in another manuscript called The Exorcism of Carl Lawson. And I'm pretty sure you can watch a video of it somewhere. You can, and they also play a snippet of it on Ghost Adventures, it's, and it is absolutely creepy. It's incredibly chilling. who was doing the exorcism? Was it actually uh, the Catholic Church? I'm not sure about that, It was actually. a bishop, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, I think it was a failed attempt is what I read. That it did not, it was not a successful exorcism. So some of the hauntings that have happened in Bobby Mackey's music world. In the mid-1990s, a car shot down Licking Road, lost control, and smashed into a telephone pole just outside the club's front doors. The occupants were all killed immediately. Larry Hornsby was the first policeman at the scene. As he stood there, looking over the wreckage, a woman, dressed in an evening gown, came out of the club and offered him a pair of tablecloths to lay over the faces of the dead. The next week, Hornsby came by to thank her. The club, he learned, had been locked and no such woman existed. Ooh. J.R. Costigan, a bar regular fond of Western-style clothing and ice water in equal measure. I don't know why that was, um, why they felt that. That needed to be in there? Necessary to include. I mean, particular man, maybe? I think maybe to (laughs) say that he wasn't, he hadn't been drinking. Okay, okay. Um, Reported an attack in the men's bathroom of Bobby Mackey's. While washing his hands, he looked into the mirror, and there it was, a man-shaped, a man-shaped apparition hanging in the air, complete with a cowboy hat. It came at him, punching him, kicking, clawing, beating him until he fainted. 
Upon recovering, he ran straight to Bobby and told him that he had to get control of his club's evil spirits. Bobby laughed, assuming that he was just joking, but Costigan wasn't laughing. He ended up suing Bobby for negligence and allowing the ghost to operate without any warnings to patrons. The judge threw the case out, recommending that Costigan take the matter up with a higher power. Following the advice of his lawyer, Bobby put up a warning sign on the front entrance that go- the ghost, by all accounts, remain remain doing what doing what they got to do. Um, imagine going into a place and getting terrorized by a ghost, and then being like, "I'm gonna take you to court for that." Right, exactly. Like what? Right, and but yes, there is a sign when you walk there is, in yes. that basically says they're not to be held liable for what the spirits do. Yeah. Okay, so the most famous spirit that is said. Um, to reside at Bobby Mackey's is the young dancer I mentioned a little while ago um, who worked there when the building was the Latin quarters in the 1940s. Her name was Johanna and she was pregnant and was engaged to a man named Robert Randall who also worked at the club as a singer. It is said that her father had Robert murdered and um, by hanging him in the dressing rooms. And when Johanna found out, she committed suicide by poisoning herself. It said that she poisoned her father as well. What's compelling about the story of Johanna and what connects it to Bobby Mackey himself, not even just the building, is when Bobby was born, his mother named him Randy Mackey. And just after a day, something came over her and she changed his name to Robert Randall Mackey. That is so creepy. Which is coincidentally the name of Johanna's fiance who was killed. Bobby also released a song called Johanna, which tells her story um, and what happened to her on the property, which I'm actually going to play for you guys. Yes. Let me get that queued up. Super. All right. I will I will link that song in the description. Yeah, so so Bobby Mackey do it. Bobby Mackey's the one that actually sings that. Yeah, that's okay. that is Bobby Mackey singing, and he said that they sat down and they wrote that song in like fifteen minutes. Ooh. Um, and that's I mean they play that song on the Ghost Adventures episode. It's just really chilling to hear her story. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but his connection to, to Johanna, it's like, insane. It's it's crazy. It's like he from. From birth, birth he literally. was called to yeah. this place. Yeah. And I don't know, obviously going back to episode one of Podcast from the Unknown, <gasps> Reincarnation. Yes. I don't know if he is Robert Randall reincarnated. 
Mm, I don't know. Could be. Maybe. I don't know. It's very, it's very, very interesting. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, so one more story that mm-hmm. happened and it was on the Ghost Adventures episode. And after I watched it, I had to include it because it is, it, it's just a little creepy. So another story that from a worker at Bobby Mackey's is that one day she was in the bar alone and the jukebox began to play by itself. When she went to investigate, she noticed that there was no record spinning on the jukebox. And even more creepy is that the jukebox wasn't even plugged in. Oh. Um, no. She said that the song that was playing wasn't even a song that was available to play on the jukebox. Oh, how no. And it was the anniversary waltz that was oh, playing. Wow. Which is a really creepy song. And just anyway. Yes, it is. Um, but yes, Ghost Adventures did do their mm-hmm. first investigation. Their first investigation of Bobby Mackey's itself because they go back. They do. Um, but that investigation took place in 2008. And it's just filled with evidence and proof that there is demonic slash non-demonic spirits residing about Bobby The Mackey. second time that they go back, um, so like in the, yeah, the second one, I believe, is when they do, they're in the three different locations, right? Or the two different locations and they um one group is in some building and there's some sort of connection to the two right and they go over um like they have tv screens set up and you can like see no, shit I don't going think, back and forth i don't think that, that maybe it is yeah i feel like that's the like, second one and it's like they're it's like um it's like uh aaron and zach or something are at bobby mackey's and then it's um um Mike and Debbie Constantino, yeah. I think, which rest in peace to them, are at Washoe Club, I yes. think, is yes. what it is. Yes, that's what it is. And then Billy is there, too. It's one of the first investigations that Billy is, like, mm-hmm. a part of, Because he does the he does a lot of the tech for them. Yeah. And yeah, maybe it is. We'll have to rewatch it. Yeah. I always just rewatch the first one, not only because it's, like, the first episode of Ghost Adventures, but also because it's it's a creepy it's very episode. Creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Zach does a lot of provoking, which later he learns is not a good idea mm-hmm. but he ends up getting scratched on his back bad. by a spirit like pretty bad. bad yeah and it's while they're down by that well yep that, that happens so yeah that's bobby Mackey's music world a lot Ooh, of crazy awesome. shit and a lot of just the bad. energy of that like of just all of the like illegal activity and the murders and the beatings that i'm sure the mob you There's know. a lot that happens at that location. It's no wonder a lot. it's haunted. Like, and, it, it, and it all started with Pearl Bryan. Mm-hmm. And, um, and her yeah. head. And her head. Yeah. Back in well, the 1800s. Are we... Uh, picking a popsicle do stick? Do you want to pick a popsicle stick? Yeah. Did you did you have something you want to oh, add yeah. about? No, not... I can't add anything to either one of your stories. Those are just do you fucking have any... awesome. Amber... We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. I, I, actually, I do have something to add. I yeah. Just a kernel for you to chew on, to think about. A lot of people do not believe in spirits. They do not believe in ghosts. They do not believe in residual energy. So, I was talking to my husband, who, as you know, is a Lakota Sioux trained Native American shaman and pagan, who said, don't forget the first law of thermodynamics and i'm like what (laughs) and he said well it's also known as the law of conservation of energy it says energy can never be created nor can it be destroyed it can only be transformed or changed from one form to another 
So, as living human beings, we have our own form of energy. That energy will never go away. It's just going to change forms. Yeah. So, for those people who do not believe in ghosts... There's science for you. There's science for you. It's called the first law of thermodynamics. And it's, I 1000% believe in that. And, and that's the thing about science is it's true. Whether you mm-hmm. believe in it, it's, you can't. As Dr. <laughs> Fauci you believe in it said, or not. follow the science. Yeah. It's bad because I, never mind. I'm not going to go into what I call, I don't know how to say his name. So I always call him Dr. Fauci. Fettuccini. Dr. Fauci. Fauci. Jules yeah. is always like so Dr. Fettuccini and I'm <laughs> yeah, always Dr. like Dr. Fauci you know who follow- I mean I, I know, know who, it's Dr. Fauci I, know I think who you it mean. looks very quickly it looks like Dr. Fusilli or Dr. Fettuccini and <laughs> so I call him those it's okay she does say so Dr. Fauci did because we're always updating one another on like COVID stuff and political stuff which we won't get into but we always make no, sure we update one another. No, you just told me not to talk you about know. my political beliefs. So. <laughs> and that's always our first thing is that before we start recording, not when it's just me and Jules because we know better, but like when Krista and like Logan and everybody else is here, we're like no politics. <laughs> no politics. No politics that's going to get us like cut not that get kind out. of podcast. No. So, okay, well, the next yeah. time you guys invite me, I've yes. got a couple ghost stories to tell you. Well, you can tell about. If- I'm not going to draw this out any longer. I will add my teaser. These are true ghost stories that have happened to me in my home. One involves Julianne. The other one involves her brother. So you can tell the one of me. Nope, I'm going to leave it at that so I get an invitation back. (laughs) You're going to come back. You're going to come back no matter what. But we do, I do want you to tell your story. I think it's probably the same one that my mom is talking about. Probably. And it is my favorite ghost story because it's little jewels number one it little is, jewels little is adorable and also you would you would not have known to make something like this up and like that's like why i will always say you know i 100 believe that kids can see spirits mm-hmm. because children can because absolutely. they haven't been taught that they're not real yet exactly it's only until they become bastardized by their parents it's and true, other yeah. adults yeah. That they stop believing. Well, exactly. and that's, it's the same thing when you talk about, um, like, in one of my education classes that I took, it's also the same when you try to take away a child's creativity. Yes, it's why exactly. it's all about but process. It's the same thing, Jules. Yeah, but that's why, you know, it's so important when you are teaching that you, fo- you have your kids focus on process art rather than product art. Because yeah. if you focus on, if you have all your kids make the same thing and it all looks the same, you're taking away their they're creativity. Martial artists. Cor- correct. They're same thing with when, yeah. they're, when you're talking about, you know, their imagination, imaginary friends, seeing ghosts, stuff like that. If you constantly tell a child, oh my God, no, that you didn't see that. That's not what happened. That's not real, or, like whatever. Or make fun of them for yes. it. I feel like a lot of the times when I was little, yeah, I probably said and did a lot of embarrassing things, but there were a lot of a- adults, I feel like, in my life that made fun of me for, for these kid things, for being afraid of things. So you shut and, down exactly. your ability to see. Or mm-hmm. I stopped talking about it and then it yeah. eventually just... You internalize it and then you yeah either go nuts or yeah and that's why it's important like listen to kids and treat them like as as adult as you can you know but like also don't take away that they're being a kid well like one of my students now well he's not my student anymore he was he um would talk about how he had a ghost that would follow him to school 
and it would come with he would talk he would be like yeah he's like sitting here or he'd turn the lights off because sometimes like the lights in our room would go off and you'd be like what the fuck and it's granted it and i know it's on a motion sensor so our rooms are motion sensors so if you walk if you stop walking it's not gonna it's gonna go off well we were all sitting there and they were off but they turned on no one had moved and he was like oh yeah that's my ghost such and such and such and i was like oh okay all right all right right." and i i didn't want to be like no stop so i was just like oh yeah no because okay typical adult (laughs) exactly knock it off jules just accept (laughs) the ghost is there and say well tell him or her to have a seat yeah and yeah, welcome I literally the, was just like, okay, group. Don't, <laughs> all right. Don't be little or make fun of their experience. Oh my God, no. And I'm not yeah, saying get it, enough of that through the rest of their lives. Yeah. And I know that I experienced my fair share of being made fun of and, you know, just treated badly. And it made me just kind of shut down to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Can you, will you tell your ghost story? Um, I will tell it when my mom comes back. On. Okay. Well, I mean, no, I, I guess I can. I can give a little snippet of it. Oh, Jules, you're such a spoiler. No. Okay. Okay. So it... Um, give a when, little bit, not the whole thing, just enough. Okay. Because I've got more to add to that. All right. Well, when I was little, she's my... Bo- when I was five, she's my... Bobby was what to me? She's my great-grandma? Bobby is the nickname that we gave to my grandmother. So my great-grandma. And Jules' great-grandmother, who is the matriarch of the Wood family, my paternal family. Mm-hmm. And she met Jules in September of 1989. When Jules had just turned five, we went out to Kansas City, Missouri, to have a reunion to celebrate Bobby and my father's birthdays. It's Bobby's 98th birthday. Wow. Bobby always said she wanted to live to see the whole family together. Her three sons, their wives, their children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and great-great-grandchildren. So that was in August, on August 6th, 1989. Um, Bobby saw her dream come true she saw her family reunited she met julianne for the first time in person little jules and they formed a bond yeah that i didn't understand at the time but bobby and i wrote to one another every week yo i know this is like i'm dating myself now but they were physical letters that you wrote on paper with a (laughs) pen back in the day people wrote letters fold them up and put them in this really weird little packet put this little sticky sticky thing thing on them and Take them you to know, an office. Exchange them once a week. Yeah. Um, and meeting Julianne meant so much to my grandmother, my Bobby, that, well, we'll let the story tell itself. Jules, do you want to? So I, um, we came home from something. I remember it was it was nighttime, and the only light that was on upstairs was the hall light. And I do not remember where you were. I think you were in your bedroom. I think you were on the phone with with someone, if I remember correctly. And I walk in my room, and in the corner by my window and closet, I saw my boppy, and I didn't understand why she was there. But she kept telling me. So you're probably like, hey. I was like, five years old. She's believing everything. It's a full. 
this is body a full, apparition. Yes, this is, I mean, full, it like, it was her. It was not, it was not hazy, it wasn't transparent, it was just It was her. It's amazing. And I thought, it was so real that I, I remember it perfectly, and I remember, like, I felt like I could have gone and hugged her if I wanted to. Like, she was standing there, you I legit thought it was, it was her. It, yeah, it wasn't an apparition in the sense that we think of ghosts. Yeah. This was the energy. Wow. Yes, it was the, it was her. The person. Yeah. Uh, clear cut. You know, there were I no, mean it was like as if a, she were physically yes, sitting there. Yes. And yeah, she but I mean, she it was weird cuz she was in my closet like mom i don't know if you were i remember the way my bed was set up it was against the wall and that you've you've seen it it's the, i have seen yes. that room yes and there's the window and then mm-hmm. in between was the closet yeah she was standing right a, there it was dark and not a ton of space like if you can imagine maybe like three four inches between the end of your bed and then and where the closet begins right yeah where it's bobby not, was standing yeah. was just like somebody had walked into the room and was standing at the at the foot of your bed yeah yes yeah yes. so there's like not a ton of room to comfortably stand but there. She was standing there yeah and she i remember her, she told me she said make sure you tell your mom everything is going to be fine and i love you guys yeah and i was like okay little jules is like man we love was, you too i was like sure here. i left the room i went into your room you were sitting on your bed mm-hmm. and i t- went to you and i said hey bobby just came to me and she told me that everything was fine and she loved you and then you told me that she had just passed away she actually jules you got the story pretty much right i yeah see things things are hazy when jules told me that she came into my room i was sitting on the edge of the bed i'd just been talking on the phone to somebody and she said bobby was here and i'm like what it wasn't until the next day i found out bobby passed away about an hour before Jill saw her. Wow. Now, to take it another step, I have five cousins that are the sons or the sons and daughters of Bobby's three sons, so cousins. Yeah. The older cousin, Kathy, was to become matriarch of the Wood family when Bobby passed. When the family went out to Bobby's funeral, Kathy was talking to the cousins in the kitchen to try to explain how she was going to keep the family together. And she said, Bobby, I saw Bobby right before or right after she died, before I knew she had passed. Now you have to understand that my father's family, my father's mother, devout Catholics. Right. I mean, devout Catholics. Mm -hmm. So this isn't, we're not a woo family, right, at least yeah. not that part of it. But Kathy said, Bobby came to me when she passed and said, I have another person I need to see, but know that everything's going to be all right. I'll always be here for you. I will always guide you, but I've got to go right now and I'll be back. And that's when she showed up to say Came goodbye to, to Jules. See, and Came I do remember going to St. Louis. St. Louis, right? Kansas City. Kansas City. I do remember going. I do remember the family reunion that we had. Yep. I don't really remember. I, it's bad. I don't, I don't really we, remember Boppy that much I because I was so little. I don't out to the funeral either. But yeah, I know. I didn't go to the funeral, but I do remember. I remember that. I remember one of the houses that we were in. I remember things that I did. I remember 
Playing I sound with, really fat. I remember all the food that there playing, was. <laughs> playing with the cousins. <laughs> playing with cousins. The little, like, the five little year details old, of it. The important thing is, yeah. is that Bobby remembered you. And again, to tie it back to my challenge for everyone who's listening to think about the first law of thermodynamics is your energy doesn't get created. It doesn't get destroyed. It just changes forms. So, yeah, there was yeah. a never a doubt in my mind that Jules had an experience seeing her. Absolutely. Oh, I remember. As did my cousin Kathy, who yeah. saw Bobby. And it's interesting that, closest. that she went to your cousin Kathy and essentially gave the same message that she came she and gave to, to Kathy Jules. first. Yeah. yeah, because she had to yeah. hand the mantle over, but. She yeah. came. She came right to Julianne and gave mm-hmm. her the same message. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going. And be I, fine. I had no idea. I was just like, okay, yeah. like it's kind of. And I'm wondering if she came to you because number one, she felt a connection to you. Yeah. But also because she yes. was like, this is the most pure mind in this household that isn't going to try and rationalize what they're seeing. But you know what's so or... sad about that is any other household, we, my husband Gary and I would have said to Jules. Oh, you're seeing things. Exactly. Oh, you had a dream. Yeah. Gary and I, our response was, I wonder, that's weird. I wonder why. And then when we found out that Bobby had passed that night, it was like, oh. That makes sense. It yeah. was Bobby's spirit. Yeah. But it was, sad, it was her. The so sad crazy. thing to watch, though, over the years was how society bred that out of Jules. Yeah. Gary and I have always been very, very open to the spirit world, to seeing um, either residual energy or actual ghosts, because as you may or may not know, an Indian shaman's purpose is to help people cross over from one life mm-hmm. to another. Yeah. So people seek him out. But Bobby's spirit wasn't there to seek out Gary. It wasn't there to say goodbye to me. It was to talk to her great-granddaughter. Yeah. And, you know, but over the years, Jules went through a period where she was like, yeah, it was a dream. And I'm like, I don't remember that. I mean, I I, I'm sure it happened. Say, I don't remember it. She'd but. say she didn't remember it, but that's because society has said, yeah, you know, you don't want to be judged crazy. Yeah, but then like now it's so weird because I believe in spirits more than anything. Yeah, like way that better because is... you know what? It doesn't matter whether or not you believe in them, but they believe in you. Yeah, yeah. And she came to you for a reason. And I think that, you know, there may have been a point in time where you weren't thinking about that experience. So it probably did get hazy, Mm -hmm. but I make you tell it all the time now. I remember. No, I remember exactly what happened. I remember it before you even, regardless of if I acknowledged if it happened or not, I, I can tell you exactly how I remember it. Exactly what happened. I remember, I remember where she was standing. I remember five year old standpoint. It's, awesome that she has that memory yeah and i wasn't scared i was just it was very i remember it being a very warming presence and it was just kind of like it felt like love i felt safe i wasn't scared i felt love and i was like okay pure love in its truest form yeah and that's the thing is like and it's true because you know we talk all the time about you know ghost adventures when they go they have these encounters with these spirits they feel the negativity they feel the cold spots stuff like that But the experience that I have with grandpa, not very long after he passed away, when he came to me in my dream, it was warm. Yes. It was, it felt like going outside on the first day of spring after it's been 
so so cold all winter and you go out and you can feel the sun soaking through to your bones Mm -hmm. that's what it feels like is like i am i've been cold all my life and now i'm finally warm well and that's a reflection on yeah Yeah. and that's a reflection on him too exactly he's a very warm very warm presence and and not only do i feel like it's him convinced like you know, projecting the love that he felt for all of us in that moment, but his energy is just warm. Yes, it is. Himself. Yes. It was. It was. So I think true. like that's that's just him. That's just his his positive and warm energy. Mm-hmm. It's just always gonna follow him. Yeah. And and that's the thing is when you have these experiences with spirits you don't know that you don't have attachment to um, it probably is going to feel negative or feel differently than it were to feel if a family member or someone you love comes to see you. Yeah. Obviously, you're going to have a different and it's going to stick with you. Yes, you were five, but that feeling's always going to stay with you in the back of your mind. Yeah. And the more you tell it and the more you think about it, the more prominent it's going to feel. Mm-hmm. And that's insane that you remember that from being five years old and still to this day, you can pretty much tell it exactly how it happened. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorite stories ever. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's pick a new popsicle stick and then we'll wrap it up because I feel bad for the listeners. Not bad, but like, it's okay. It's one of our longer episodes. We did warn you guys at the beginning that this was going to kind of be a longish episode. Yes. So we appreciate whoever's stuck with us. And listening to our stories. Yes. All right. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Drum roll. Possession. Oh, we kind of just did that. Okay, let's pick another one. It's fine. Possession is not my favorite topic. It's hard. It's hard. That's a Krista one. I'm not doing that one. Let's talk next time about sprites. What does this say? Yes, we can talk about sprites. Let's talk about sprites. Can you turn that, mom, can you turn that light up for me? What's that say? Conspiracy theories? Okay. Yeah, we can do conspiracy theories. Okay, conspiracy theories. That one is kind of a very, very broad topic because it can either go, it can go multiple different ways. What? The next one I picked was haunted. It was locations. Oh, goodness. Okay, we'll do conspiracy theories. Okay. All right. Perfect. So, yes, next time we can talk about sprites because um, that also has to do with, with jewels. It sure does. It sure does. It sure does. It sure does. So, like it, can I bring the hairbrush along with me? If you oh, would like to, yeah. He could yeah. guest star. He yeah. could star. And he would, he would love that. He, he would love it. He's been here before, but he He's came He's been back here home. a lot. That's just yes. a teaser, folks. So that is a yes. teaser. I want to talk about our Sprite. I want to talk about the experience that we've had with um, energy. Yes. Residual energy. I've had some shit happen in your house for spirits. sure. Yeah, my house is. Our we house did is have crazy. a moment actually when Jules and I, Jules and I had not been dating very long, maybe like a year. We house sat. And we house sat for you and Carrie. You guys went on a trip and we were house sitting slash dog sitting. And we, Jules was doing laundry and your guys' washer and dryers in the basement, mm-hmm. obviously. Which is creepy in and of itself. I hate basements. Basements uh, are just not- basements. notoriously creepy. But anyway, so Jules goes down there and I tagged along because I don't think I had ever been down in the basement. And she was like, oh, come look at the basement. And I'm like, No, what? she just didn't want to be alone. I didn't want to go by basement. myself. <laughs> yeah, come to find out. She was just, she was just scared. And we went down there and 
the dry the dryer, the dryer was, was open and all the clothes were thrown. All I mean, to over the, the door, like you know, the door going into but where your laundry. Probably my. Uh, well, we'll talk about it next we time. We won't talk. Yeah. He told me not to talk politics, so I'm also gonna not gonna slam brands of laundry. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's true. It could have been, but there was another time that we'll talk about next week. Yes. Okay. So yeah, some that's interesting things. Alert, so. All right. But, yeah. So thank you guys and. Like I said, if you made it this far into the episode, yeah, thank you. kudos to you. We did warn you it was going to be a long one. Um, next once week. again, I will be the only one listening. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Mom, Mom will be listening. <laughs> so um, next week, we are going to talk conspiracy theories. And, um, oh, God, which can go so many different. I don't even yeah. know. I don't even know. It's going to be, when we when we meet this time next week, it's going to be a surprise even to me what I'm Same. doing because I have no fucking clue. Um, so thank you guys for listening as always. Yes, thank you. Thank you for, um, you know, giving us feedback, letting us know that you mm-hmm. like what we're doing. And thank yes. you too for having me. This Absolutely. Thank you for thank coming you for on. Coming. Uh, you are our first guest. You are. I yeah. am. You yeah, sure God. are. Yeah. Okay, well. Yeah. Um, so as always, follow us on social media at unknown podcast on Twitter and podcast from the unknown on Instagram. Also feel free to share your experiences with paranormal and we will read them on a future mm-hmm. episode. And um, again, like always, if Jules and I messed up any information or left anything out, feel free to add it um, in the comments or tweet at us. And we will also mention that in a future episode. Yes. So as always, Thank you guys, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.